Okay, so um, could I have the first slide, please? So what I'm going to be talking about today is glory. Um, but I'm going to show you some slides and I'd like you to ask yourself what they've got in common. So could I have the first slide, please? Okay, give you a chance to look at it. And the next slide. And the next slide. And the next slide. Can you all see the slides? Okay. And the next slide. Okay. So can anybody work out what the, all those pictures have got in common? Um, don't worry about the blinds. It's actually the, it's the projector shining on the screen. Patterns. Well done, Claire. They've all got peacocks. Can you see them? So Bill Johnson said, you seldom see what you are not looking for. So what got my interest about peacocks was the story that Chris Vallotton told last year. I was listening to a podcast by Chris and he said he'd been looking over the garden fence to his neighbour's garden and he thought he'd spotted a peacock. So he mentioned it to his wife, Cathy, who said, no, it was a duck. Then he went to the church prayer meeting and somebody was sharing a report from Bethel Healing Rooms and mentioned that there'd been a seven-year-old boy who was dancing in worship on the stage at the healing rooms when a peacock feather appeared in his hand. They were puzzled as to where this feather had come because he hadn't come in with it. So they rewound the video and they saw he had been dancing near a worship artist who had been painting a peacock. And the feather just appeared in his hand. And I heard Chris say that he felt that the peacock was a prophetic symbol that the church was moving into a season of increased measures of God's glory. Then God drew my attention to the fact that that very day I had been to the Isle of Doom in Aldi and I had bought a bird feeder. As I went to unpack the bird feeder from the box, I realised that it was in the shape of a peacock. And God had got my in attention. So back to Chris Vallotton. A, a while later, Chris met his neighbour and they got chatting. And he said to Chris, did you like my peacock? So I then started seeing peacock designs in all kinds of places. Now, peacocks put their feathers on display 
and God wants us to put his glory on display. There's an invitation from Jesus for us to do what Father God is doing, and that means releasing his glory on the earth. And the peacock is a prophetic symbol for the next season of the church. So during everyday activities, these birds don't look much different from other exotic birds. Their beautiful colours are sometimes concealed from the outside world until every now and then when they choose to reveal their hidden splendour. Could I have the next slide, please? So, right, so I've jumped ahead of myself. So then God showed me the verse from Proverbs um, chapter 25, verse 2, that says, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. I, I will be referring to a number of verses, but haven't put them all up here because I'll be jumping around. So that verse says, kings. So does that mean us? So Romans 8 says that we are co-heirs with Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, and we are sons and daughters of God, which makes us royalty. And we become royalty when we come into relationship with God. And 1 Peter 2, verse 9 also says we are a royal priesthood. So there's an invitation for us to search out God's glory. So we're going on a journey to search out glory and what it means for us. So I asked myself, what is glory? How do we put it on display? And how do we see God's glory in greater measure? So what is God's glory? So Bill Johnson says, it's the manifested presence of God. But it's more than God's presence. It's God's power that resurrects, delivers, overcomes, and transforms. It's greater and stronger than any other power in existence. It's about God's attributes or the essence of who he is. Now, some people might see glory as something untouchable and unreachable out of there. But God's glory is available to you and me. Because we're born of God, John 1 verse 13 tells us, that glory is inside you and me. So if I asked you, what is the main name of man? I wonder what you would say. Could I have the next slide, please? So the Westminster Shorter Catechism says, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And then Leviticus chapter 9 tells us, they took the things that Moses commanded to the front of the tent of meeting 
And the entire assembly came near and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. It tells us that Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting and when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. So in the old covenant, God's glory resided in the temple. The prophet, priest and king could enter the holy place in the temple but they had to go through a special cleansing process to be able to go in. And only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies. But Jesus has made a new and living way for us to approach God and have access to his presence and glory. So today, that temple is the body of Christ. That's us. So there's an invitation for us to cooperate with God to usher in more of his greater glory. So how do we position ourselves for greater glory? I believe that as we cry out to God, he will hear our hungry hearts and our heartfelt, heartfelt prayers and reveal more of his glory and show us how to put more of his glory on display. Could I have the next slide, please? So here is somebody wearing a Leeds United shirt. <laughs> you, might, you might see a family resemblance. So we're all made in God's image. That includes everyone including people who don't know Jesus or people who follow other religions or none. It's like wearing a Leeds United football shirt. We've all been created in God's image. We're all image bearers, even if we support another team or follow another faith or no team at all or get the shirt dirty. And for some of us, we wear our coat on all the time. If I was to put a coat or a hoodie over my Leeds United shirt, you wouldn't be able to see that I was a Leeds United football fan. So there's something about taking off our coats or our hoodies so that the Leeds United shirt can be seen and some people might say but what about the person inside the shirt what if they're emotionally damaged we are still created in God's image and God's plan is to renew our mind and give us the mind of Christ my story is one of growing up in a household of domestic abuse physical abuse emotional abuse psychological abuse, mental health issues, but God has created me in his image. He heals broken hearts. I, I can re recommend Sozo. I've had a number. And so he's calling 
every one of us to be his image bearers and put his glory on display. So I've got three keys to share with you today to put his glory on display. So this is just part one. <laughs> There's more. So the first one is obey his word and his promptings. So Jesus is our example and in talking to God he says in John chapter 17 verse 41 I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now father bring me into the glory we shared before the worlds began. So Jesus did everything his father told him to do so he obeyed. So often we don't look at obedience as a way to give God's glory. But let's not forget that in the intentional acts of obedience we offer to God, both the simple things and the hard things, we're bringing God glory. And in Leviticus chapter 9, we read that glory is linked to obedience. And Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. And in verses 8 to 22 of Leviticus 9, it says, Aaron obeyed by presenting the offerings, and the Bible tells us that the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. So the Bible gives us lots of instructions, doesn't it, about tithing, forgiving one another, feeding the hungry, doing good to one another. But sometimes we can let these things slip in the busyness of life. But God is also calling us to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get specific instructions from God about what we're supposed to do. But then we can get distracted and forget. Or to obey, it takes us out of our comfort zone. So I put this picture up because when I was in Brazil... I went with the team to a shopping mall. We were treasure hunting, and I had the colour lime green. We'd already found a shop which had got lime green on it, so we'd um, prayed, we brought prophetic words to those people. I looked at my watch and realised that we had 10 minutes to go before the team was up. I was tempted to think, mm, shall we start wandering back? We've only got 10 minutes. But then I felt a nudge of the Holy Spirit to keep going. So we went up to the escalator to the next floor and around the corner was a mum with a baby who had lime green crocs on. So we went up to her and started talking and initially the mum said she just wanted prayer for health for herself and her family. And then God showed me that she'd had a very worrying time when her baby was born. And at that point, she'd wondered whether her baby was going to live. So I asked her if she'd had nightmares, and she said yes. So I prayed and broke the trauma off. And she broke into a big smile from ear to ear. And then she said to us, she just bought those crocs just half an hour before we turned up. So if I hadn't obeyed God in that moment, 
she wouldn't have had that encounter with God. So that's something, isn't it? It's a real challenge to us um, to be obedient to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. So God put his glory on display, but it required me to partner with him to be obedient. I don't always get it right, but I'm learning. So another key to seeing God's glory is drawing near to God. So James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. For I know, and this is Jeremiah 29, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So back to searching out, searching out the hidden things, God's glory. God has said, you will find me. So there's a direct connection between people drawing near to God and him revealing his glory. So we can draw near to God experientially in our thoughts, our attitudes and worship. And amidst the stress and pressures of everyday life, it's important to take time to focus on him. Have you ever been in the presence of someone and you're talking to them and you notice that the person wasn't really there. They were in your presence, all right, but they were thousands of miles away. Sometimes we can be like that with God. He's trying to get our attention, but we get distracted. Or maybe we just don't know how to be present. One of the helpful ways we used to, um, we used with the Sunday school when John and I um, did Sunday school at a previous church was called chat and catch we'd encourage the children to chat to God throughout the day and we'd say things like have you ever told God your favorite color what made you happy or sad today what you enjoyed about the walk you went on what did you like about the friend you met then catch what God is saying to you he can speak to you through lots of different ways through your skin your mind your dreams your heart emotions your eyes and ears and as I was demonstrating this to the children I was wearing this blue silk scarf which was given to me by my daughter when I told God that I loved my scarf because it had been given to me by my daughter and that my favorite color is blue I heard God say to me that he loves blue too and that's why he made the sky and the sea blue. And he loves his daughters too. And he loves to give us gifts. And it's not just about positioning ourselves, but it's about experiencing God's presence. Say we're in a church meeting here and Holy Spirit is moving. Some people might be receiving healing. Somebody else might be receiving a word of direction from God. Perhaps some people are just motionless experiencing God's presence. But say 
I was in the kitchen washing up and not engaging with God. I'd be in the same building, but I'd be focused on working, not experiencing the presence of God. So there's an invitation to draw near to God and make it our daily practice to be fully present. The third key that I'm going to be talking about is thanksgiving. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Psalm 69 says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. So Ephesians tells us to, to thank him in all things. That's not about thanking him for the difficulties or tragedy, but thanking him because he is able to deliver us out of them all. So last year, as many of you will know, I had a diagnosis of cancer. My future was uncertain. And then I came across Paul Manwaring's book called Kisses from a Good God. He describes his own cancer journey and how he saw God's hand in his journey. The kisses represented the moments when he realized the kindness and goodness or favor of God. And this inspired me to look for God's hand in my cancer journey and develop an attitude of gratitude, thanking God for the kindness of a nurse, for sunshine, the trees, the food we had for dinner. And Psalm 50 says, he who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me. So could I have the next slide, please? So this is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our eyes and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So what kind of a difference would it make if we all started doing more of these things on purpose and by design with greater intentionality. This is a new season. We're in this place so that we can display the glory of God. People will be drawn to us because the glory of the Lord is in us, on us, and working through us. So I want to say, thank you, Lord. You are transforming us into the image into your image from glory to glory. So let's just seize the opportunity to obey God and cooperate with the flow of his spirit. Just put your hand on your heart, please. And just say, 
Father God, is there anything you've been asking me to do that I haven't done yet? Are there any readjustments I need in my life to bring it into greater alignment with your plans and purpose? And then if he speaks something to you, he's waiting for your yes, Lord, your surrender. Then we're going to do an activation now to practice drawing near to God. I'm going to play some soaking music. God lives inside of each of us and we can touch him on the inside of ourselves. Because God calls us his friends. Now, when I see my friends, I often give them a hug. I'm not just putting my arms around them, but I'm taking who I am, body, soul, and spirit, into my hug. So we can embrace God. I'm a spirit that has a soul, and I can embrace his glory on the inside of me. I can actually lay hold of it on the inside of me and embrace him. You might find it helpful to put your arms around your body as you bring your body into agreement with your spirit and soul. Just give yourself some time and space to do this. When my dad was in his 80s, God told me to visit him and said, show him how to love. At the end of the visit, I asked if I could give him a hug. He said, Yes, but I could sense the stiffness of his body. Next visit, I asked him again, and this time his body felt a little softer. And again, on following visits, until he threw his arms around me and said, when are you coming again? Don't leave it too long. Father God wants to give us a hug or an embrace, so let's practice receiving Father's embrace. For some of you, this may be uncomfortable, so I'm going to suggest that you imagine that yourself on a beach with your feet in the water and gentle waves are washing over your feet and see those waves as waves of Father's love. <laughs> 